Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, music fans. Joe Armstrong here, host and producer of the Independence Day podcast coming at you. Independence Day is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Chris Stills. Chris Stills' brand new record, Don't Be Afraid, plays like the chronicle of a man who has forged his own identity out of a lifetime of unique experiences. Stills' family business is music, but that doesn't guarantee success or even acumen. Stripes must be earned, and Stills doesn't take anything for granted. Chris Stills' parents are from two different continents with two distinct cultures, and he spent his formative years in both America and in France. After graduating from high school at the American School in Paris, Stills moved to Los Angeles and eventually to New York, playing in bands and honing his songwriting and performing chops. He garnered enough attention to get himself signed by Atlantic Records and released his first album in 1998, after which he then hit the road, playing shows with the Jayhawks and Ryan Adams. Another album followed in 2005, and Stills found stage work in France, playing the role of Julius Caesar in a popular French musical, as well as landing a part in a 2010 French film. Between acting gigs, Stills kept himself busy by releasing an EP and recording yet another full album of his own music. But after a label shakeup, he scrapped the entire project and returned to Los Angeles. Once again stateside after years of work in France, Stills released an EP in the U.S. in 2012 and found some TV work with a role on season four of Showtime's Shameless. But it's his latest release, Don't Be Afraid, that distills Stills' experience into his most cohesive artistic statement to date. There are breezy, early 60s California pop songs, trance-like Laurel Canyon flower power meditations, stacked Woodstock-era vocal harmonies, a bit of Rufus Wainwright-style orchestral Broadway pop, Ryan Adams-influenced guitar rock, and an incisive indictment of the chaos of America's divisive new millennium identity crisis that only someone with an outsider's perspective can capture with clarity. It's the kind of voice that could turn heads at any karaoke bar in the world with 10 seconds of a Jeff Buckley or Radiohead tune. Stills has the talent, the songs, and the voice, and Don't Be Afraid exhibits all of them in top form. Welcome to Independence Day, Chris Stills. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. You're a good musician, man. (laughs) Thanks, Good musician. It's been, you know, uh, I I, I always do research on all my guests, and I check out and watch some videos and see what they're up to. You know, sometimes I know them. I've met them in, in the scene. Around town, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't met. I'm surprised we our paths, no, no, no. paths haven't crossed. Uh, but man, good stuff, good Thank stuff. You. You've got, by my count, you've got is it, your third record's coming out soon. Is that right? Am I counting wrong? Coming out on the the 23rd Very of soon. March Very this soon. month. Yes. Uh, so first of all, let's just talk about your, your the new record, okay? Because right? I know, like, when I'm making a record, that's all I can think about, right? It's like it's like having a kid. Right? It is. It's a, it's, bit. it's, it's a, a big bit. process. <laughs> um, it's something you've worked on for a long time. You know, there's the unique thing about your first record, like you got your whole life to do your first record and then two years to do your second record. But tell me what's different about this one. What's what's unique? Well, I definitely didn't take two years to make my second record. Yeah. <laughs> it took a little longer. Yeah. I do the same of, thing. I like of, to live kind, my life. Kind of known for uh, taking my time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I went through a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, was bopping around and... Uh, you know, looking back, there's a there's a lot that was going on. It just wasn't making a record. Um, yeah, I was in. Uh, I mean, since the last record, um, you know, I was in 
I was in a musical in France, and then I was in a movie in France, and then I made a French record in France. I did a lot of work in France. Yeah, there's a theme. Yeah, yeah, I think. France, France, France. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, and that 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 took took a while, and then, I, you know, I was in, um, I, 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 I was, I was married at the time, and and uh, we, I was doing the the back and forth a lot, and and to I, France, you mean, to, or to back France, and forth yeah, with your marriage? Back, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. We, 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 we was in it. I was in it till the end. There was no, there were no breaks. Yeah. But, uh, but, 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 but we were apart for for a long time, and that did take its toll. So, eventually, I, I, I came back from from kind of. I, I, I had an upward trajectory of a, of a of a bit of a career over there, and um, and uh, and then it was just time to come home. And um, I have two daughters, and and that was weighing on me a lot, not being at home. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, at the time, I was signed to um, V2 Records, which then was morphed into 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 Polydor, uh, and and then there was a big changing of the guard, and I kind of lost my champions within there, which happens a lot. It's a in very this familiar story. Yeah, it's terrible. You you have this long relationship with people who get you and and who understand you and and and, and love your music, and right. you have you you know where you stand, and then all of a sudden. Within that, you know, you get uh, you're suddenly all that sort of kidnapped away from you, like yeah. it's from one day to the next, and 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 there's nothing you can do. There's right. really no alternatives. Yeah. you're just stuck with this new guy. So the new guy showed up, and and you know, it wasn't like wasn't wasn't love at first sight, right. you know. Uh, and um, I, I I'd recorded a um, I'd recorded a record in French. I was doing a lot of work in France, and I was I was in this musical. I was playing, believe it or not. Julius Caesar in Cleopatra, the last queen of Egypt, in this multi-million euro, you know, it was the second largest uh, grossing uh, uh, tour and, and, and show in France for the year 2009 after Johnny Holiday, but we all know he sells out like the Stade de France in, in literally two minutes. It's kind of like the, you know, I'd say bigger than you two in France. <laughs> Is that possible? Um, yes. Days? Yes. Yes, leave it to the French. <laughs> um, but they, they, they absolutely loved it. Anyway, so I, and then I was in this mode. I was in, kind of in this French mode, and, and my label had convinced me amidst all that work to, uh, to, 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 to make a French record. And I was like, okay, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool. I, little tip of the hat, you know, thanks very much. In my mind, I was like, yeah, it'll be, we'll do this quick and then get back to business, you know? Right, like, right. It's a little like, thank you, thanks a lot, guys. Um, and, and of course, you know, as, as it just, it, it just takes, takes as long as it takes to make a record, which is a lot. Right. And then you had to tour that record and then you have to defend that record. And you know, it's funny. I, 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 I was, I went through a little bit of an identity crisis. I was, I was, you know, I was, I was sitting there in France. J'étais avec des gens français, je parlais en français and I'm, I'm half French and it is amazing that I don't speak like this when I come back from there. Uh, but I, but I, but I, I came back, <laughs> and 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 I, I put out the record. I didn't put it out. I put out a single, and then I did one showcase. And at the end of the showcase, where I did all these songs in French, I did an encore, um, which is very nice, you know, to be called back for an encore. And then I did a song in English, and I all of a sudden, and it was like the first time I'd really. I did a show one and did an encore two and sung in English was like three on the list. But then when that happened, I had this like complete and utter like epiphany that like, wow, I sing infinitely better in my native tongue than I right. do in French. 
And I realized that when it was so easy and it came off so well. And at the end of the show, I was like, yeah, that was an okay show, but that last stuff was yeah. just the bomb. And, and pretty much most of my closer friends, they came to me and said the same thing. They said, Chris, yeah. that was a good show. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. last song was great. And so I went back to my label guy, the new guy, who, you know, who was like, who is this guy? And I was like, I need to translate back. To, I need to do these songs in English. And they were like, no, 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 no. We got, we got too many people singing in English on our, on our label. It's like having too many women, that, that, yeah. which is something that kind of comes up nowadays in like record label uh, talks. It's like you know, you, a, a woman goes to try to get signed on a label, and like, well, we've already got our woman, as if they can only have one. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, God knows the 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 the, the strategy and thinking, but but anyway, so in, but it, it was true at that time, and still even today in France and in a lot of countries around the world, you have uh, you know those people within them who sing in English. And, uh, and, and he was right. You know, there's nothing I, there wasn't really anything I could do to argue against him except the fact that, like, buddy, I'm American. <laughs> like, I'm from the U.S. of A. Yo, yo. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, and I just kind of knew it, from that moment it was going to be an uphill battle and I, I was just going to have to fight. And I was honestly tired and I was missing my family and my daughters. And I kind of just went, no, I, 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 and I literally just walked away. Yeah, it was like the negotiating, like I just the negotiation I walked away from was, I just walked away, and yeah. I called my manager and I said, get me off the label, and literally like ten days later I got a big check and they're like, thank you, but goodbye, and, hmm. and and like, and that to me was proof that like yeah they weren't really into what I was doing yeah. anyway, and you know forget that you know. So would you call that a happy ending at least for that chapter? It was a happy ending in the sense that I got to go home to my family. Okay. Um, we got and, a check out of the deal, so you I didn't did. Like, you know, I did. I got. I got a little thank you. I got a little severance package. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, uh, it, it did hurt a little because there was all that work and and there was, you know, we put a lot of time and blood, sweat, and tears into that record too because that's just what you got to do. But at the end of the day, my family kind of, sadly, after a little too long, you know, came first. You yeah. Know, well, I, that's that's the proper priority order. As it I was. Understand uh, it. It, yeah. And but you know when you work, I mean, people know it was just working was always a it was a tough thing for us. And um, and uh, but that, but I came back and, and you know tried to say if it didn't work out. We got we had a very amicable divorce and we we stayed together. We like as parents, you know, we 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 said to each other, you know, we're going to be in our lives for the rest of our lives and. There's no reason for us to hate each other. I don't hate you. I want you to be happy. Right, 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 right. Like vice versa. Let's just let's you know, let's separate. And then we did the separation just lasted. And then we got a divorce. So those, you know, these things happen. Our, our kids are fine, or everything's well adjusted. But there was for me at that point um a time of readjustment to single life and to just being like the dad that shows up everywhere for his kids and just yeah. that I needed to maintain for a while. A presence for my kids. How long had you been married? Ten years. Ten years. We were together ten years. I think That's we a solid for, try. For for yeah, a little bit less than that. But 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 uh, I look. There's nothing I regret about any of it. I love them. I love her to death. I love my kids. I love her family. I love. I love you know. <clears throat> I get we got two we got two beautiful amazing yeah. children from it. So, but that was, you know, in that just to kind of address that 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 long period of time between records that's that kind of had to happen yeah and um and then eventually uh i kind of picked up my you know i got my got my stuff together and 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 
I started just kind of reaching out to my friends, and I had songs, and I started writing, and, and a lot of the material of, 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 of this record was just about what I was going through at the time, and, and you know, a lot of the ups and downs, and, I, you know, on one side, I was going through a great amount of success with my career, and on the other side, sort of this, it was a struggle at home because I was gone a lot, and yeah. that just entails all that. Um, and then after kind of rebuilding myself up after a broken marriage, you know, it does take its toll, even though it was as amicable as it could have been. Um, yeah. You know, there is a rebuilding process. And, yeah. you know, the songs talk about that. I There's a song about my kids. You know, I came to the realization that I was going to give them away. I mean, there was all that good stuff. Daddy's a little girl. That, right. You know, yeah, but um, I'm... I digress. <laughs> yeah, that you. It's so interesting to me because we just encompassed, like, encapsulated, like a whole bunch of stuff. Right? This we could so spend much. the rest of the interview <laughs> unpacking just the things I we've know. talked about in the last five minutes. But it sounds to me like you've got stuff you need to get off your chest. Like, I, like you almost sound like me. You feel like there's a need to explain why there's such a long break between records. Because people ask me the same thing. Like, I, I call, I, I refer, I tell my tell people that I'm on the Def Leppard cycle. Like right. between his stare or Boston, maybe yeah. there was like six or seven year period where they, you know, it looks like you're not doing anything, but I've done tons of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, likewise, like I was doing tons of stuff. It just, it never culminated into anything, uh, release. Like yeah. I was releasing or putting on the market, you know, it was right. like, so now, Hey, I'm back. Yeah. I'm stoked. I got this great record. Uh, you know, it, 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 this, these songs really came together. I'm, I'm, I'm about as happy as I can possibly right. be with it. You and know. it's sounding great. It's sounding great. Let me, let me jump in real quick because it's it's time to actually play something from this record. I want people to hear what this is all about. You've got this brand new record, Don't Be Afraid, uh, available either, you know, pretty bright basically now. Uh, CD vinyl too? Uh, yes, we do. We so, have vinyl. Uh, and it's great. I got a chance to listen to it. You know, it's, it's, that's one of the fun things about being in the music business. You get to hear people's records before they come out and it's great. People are going to want to go out and pick up this record. I'm sure it's, it's available all the usual retailers. Amazon was the one that comes up the most these days, but please buy it at an independent record store or most importantly, and I tell you people this all the time, go to shows, buy the record at the shows because there's no better way to support musicians than to put money directly into their pocket. It's the only place that it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the only place. It's you know, the show. Like it's like the 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 industry is replete with middlemen and women, and they all get their slice along yeah. the way. And you know, multimedia platforms. As glamorous as this looks, doing this music thing, like it's a lot of hard work, and there's a lot of labor of love that goes into these things. And I know what it takes to put a record out. It's a very even though you love it, it doesn't mean it's not work, right? And so therefore. Put the money into Chris's hands. So Chris Stills is my guest this week on Independence Day. You can check him out at chrisstills.com. As always, indepthday.com is where you can find out everything you need to know about this particular show. I am Joe Armstrong. My guest this week is Chris Stills. This is a song from his brand new record. The record's called Don't Be Afraid, and the song is called The Weekend. Chris Stills on Independence Day. Sometimes my past comes back to haunt me. One day I just might let that lesson last Try to remind me about that conversation we never had Just one more story that's lost inside a glass Don't look now, you lost control And you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't don't know how you got so drunk and stoned It's the weekend out on your own 
Well, the music's loud and you lost your phone And you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't You don't know how you got so drunk and stoned It's the weekend, you're out on your own It's the weekend, you're out on your own Walked into the bar, everybody was ugly Told my best joke, nobody laughed <laughs> Well, the hours flew, but with a drink or two Three or four, five or six Now everyone's a model, so I think I'll take another hit Now you lost control and you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't You don't know how you got so drunk and stoned It's the weekend, you're out on your own Well the music's loud and you lost your phone And you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't You don't know how you got so drunk and stoned It's the weekend, you're out on your own It's the weekend, you're out on your own My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. Be sure to check out the web exclusive. Drop by indepthday.com to hear another live song. You're going to hear some more live songs here in just a minute. Uh, he's got a good band. He's got a trio in here. But man, they make a lot of racket for a trio. And I mean that in a good way. It's good <laughs> stuff. Good racket. Racket's not bad. No, 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 no. Uh, the best among us make Great. a lot of awesome racket. Uh, and beautiful guitar, too, man. Jesus, I haven't seen a guitar like that. Thank ever. you. I'm a Martin nerd. 
So like oh, seeing, I, no, 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 yeah, it's a great, it's a beautiful D45. Seeing Amazing. a D45. It's not every day we have a D45 here in the Independence Day Studios. There's always a D28. So that's passe here. Okay. Okay. Those are good too. I'm kidding. Uh, we, we like we like D20. No, I love my D20. I would I, love I, all the Ds. Love, 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 love. Familiar love. with those? In D, <laughs> double D, triple D. Yeah. Uh, Chris. High man. school Ds. High school Ds. <laughs> D minuses. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for taking the time. I D know minor. you're a busy guy. D minor. <laughs> the saddest of all keys. Yeah. You've got a brand new record. Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, before we we talked a lot about and that we like I said we kind of encapsulated a lot in our first little co- part of our conversation there we talked about France tell me tell me and my listeners like why France because it's it's a family thing we have to bunch of name names here but like you come from like a, a split family yes half by I'm, by by I'm not, a bi, by I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not bicoastal I'm bicontinental yeah bicontinental that's what I was yes, looking yes, for yes, your yes. mother is from France. my mother is French yes I have a okay. French I have a French family I. I uh, my my mom, my aunt, my cousin, and his family, and and that's it. But I I grew up there. I went to high school there. Yeah. Uh, I have I have an apartment there. You know, it's 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 kind of like my other hometown. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting at because that's such a unique perspective, especially in Trumplandia. Now we don't have to go far down that road, but like we're very xenophobic in America right now. You know, France seems to vacillate between good and bad. Oh, there's depending some on stupid people not. everywhere. They're in France too. Believe Most me. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah Most totally. definitely. But it, but it must give you a unique perspective on what America seems to be going through with uh, the nationalism thing that's happening right it's, now. It's, well, I'll just tell you this. It's a worldwide thing. It's it not, is. It's the, we're, the America, for, again, is just not unique, you know, and, and it's a terrible thing to, it's very hard for Americans to kind of like realize this because for a long time we were, right. you know? I think... Uh, I think you know there's something so special about this country. It's just it's just and sadly, you know, everything that's special about it, you know, with this new with this president now and it's just sort of being stepped on and trampled on. All the progress, so much progress that we've made and you know or that we thought we made even, you know, even that hope, you know, it's just it's you know, I feel like just like the hope bag is being deflated, you know, it's just like yeah. And we're out in the middle of the ocean here, and we're sinking, man. It's yeah. like, it's really, it's just, it's just, and it doesn't get, it's not just no reprieve whatsoever. Yeah. It's just, it's a continuous, you know, bag of poop. On my good days? Yeah, it's when crazy. I'm, when I'm looking for that fire in the darkness, like the, you know, the the light to 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 go towards, uh, I, I hope, there's that word, that it's a wake-up call, that these things matter, and that, even when things are going your way, you still have to pay attention and you still have to be engaged and you still have to get out there and pull that lever in the voting booth and you still have to make your voice known. Yeah. Right. It's easy to be complacent. It's, it's very, it's very easy. And, you know, you know, right now we live in a, in a, in a world where information is no longer a, a certainty, you know, right. it's, it's, there's tons of it, but, right. but, but whether it's true or not is not a, you know, there's, um, I got to say that, you know, after Trump got elected, I read a, an article about the firm that they hired to work their digital campaign and their their uh, demographic. It's not called demographics anymore. It's called psychographics. Psychographics, yep. And, you know, the company they use called Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica. It's, they, they don't talk about it in the news. It's amazing to me. 
Yeah, they do it a little bit. I started it started to creep up, but man, somebody's got the kibosh on that because it's yeah. it's literally the it's like the key to the highway here. Yeah. And it was a company that's uh, that they they use likes on Facebook. They every, right. all those like buttons, people. I mean, honestly, people should just stop liking anything. Yeah. Just look at it, you know, like and that's that whole thing, you know, just don't like it. You know, you can share it maybe, but I don't know. They 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 came in and they they're the ones who who sort of orchestrated Brexit mm-hmm. and made that possible. And that that was where they cut their teeth. And then they came over a little bit perfected and they helped Trump win America. Yeah, you know, between the the gerrymandering of of, of counties and and the and the electoral system, you know, it was a it was a it wasn't that hard for them. I tell people all the time, regardless of party affiliation, regardless of what your ideology is on the political spectrum. What is happening is a dangerous, it's a dangerous situation, no matter what your belief system is, because undermining the concept of reality or, you know, the idea of like base 10 math or the fact that that's up and that's down. Once we get to questioning those kinds of things, that's a, we can't even well, agree which well, way is up anymore. In, in you know, when everyone's, li- when everyone's talking and no one's listening, you know, that's yeah. how could we decide, right? It's like, it's that, it's that, it's that old saying. So it, it just comes down to, um, you know, uh, it's these vacuums that are created. And that's the dangerous part. You know, a well-informed society is one that is, is, will, will flourish within a democracy. Right. Right? An uninformed society is, is a totalitarian government. And, they, and you know, I mean, we are, we are just, we are on a freeway towards Orwell, right? Yeah. We are just going there, and this—it's—it's it's really scary, and you know, uh, living in France and watching this from abroad, I'm got you know I've got this sort of, I've got this uh, you know I'm 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 in the back of the room I'm I'm like above it I'm 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 not in it so you know when you have that perspective, you know it's very sad there there's problems over there you know they're riddled with them, um, but but over here it's just. That sort of bright, shining bastion of hope that that America has been for so long is so dimming. The light is going out. Like it's just, and that's a funny thing. Like I've never been um, as 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 brazenly crazy and loud and and as obnoxious as we can be. Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen wacky Americans on the Champs Elysees, and you're like, oh my god. I have nothing to do with those people. Please don't think that I'm right. affiliated to them. And now I'm like, you know, at least I was always proud of my country. I was like, no matter what, like America, we're solid. Like we're on top of things. Like we have a great system of government. We have like a great checks and we have balances. ideals. We have checks and balances. And those checks and balances, man, they are being put to the test right now. And these, you know, environmentally, all these these things that he's doing, um, it's just terrible. I I you know, I, and I'm just kind of, and for the first time, I'm, 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 dare I say, ashamed of my country. Yeah. Like, I really am, you know? It's, well, the whole thing is dangerous to me. It's very troubling. And I, again, on my good days, on the days when I'm feeling optimistic, which is very hard to find that currency, you know, that, like, intellectual currency, uh, I, I like to think or hope, okay, this is a wake-up call, or that the institutions that people have died for, like them or not, uh, the checks and balances, the 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 you know the divided government, the three mm-hmm. uh, tiers of government. The um, so far, the institutions, strained though they may be, are holding for the most part. So far, but we're only a year in, 
And that's my concern, right? Mueller's yeah. doing his thing. And again, whether you, whatever your party is, I'm not even yeah. speaking to a party right now. I mean, I can tell you what I think in terms of that. You but know, this is bigger one, than one, that. One of, the, one, of the, one of the things that irks me the most is people's inability to talk across the aisle. And like, for example, I was, uh, I, I, I had the fortune to be uh, at a dinner party with Bono, you know, and he, uh, one night, and what a fabulous human being that guy is, by the way. Um, it's not, a, it's very rare that you get to meet your idols and actually they're at, like amazing. Yeah. And, uh, it's life affirming. It's happened to me. Yes, I know. Too. It's like, well, more than, more than, it's rare that it is more than, more often than not, they, they said that there's a disappointment involved, but clearly not with him. And, um, and, and so he just, he just come from meeting Mike Pence and the, and then, and, and all these people on the internet were giving him flack about it. And, and they're like, what are you doing? You're talking to the enemy. And I'm like, man, he's not your enemy. We're all in the same country. Like, we need to be able to go across and talk across the aisle. You need to go talk to Trump. It's like somebody, if somebody asked me, would you go to the White House if you were invited? And I hear people say, no, I'm not going. You know, and it's like, you know what? Actually, go. And cross that bridge. Go to the other side. You know, Korea and America, why don't you guys just sit down at a table and talk instead of sitting there tweeting your your baloney, like, you know, half-winded, like, threats. Good catch, by the way. I and, like, you know, yeah, yeah. I knew you were going with that word. I, I, I'm, I'm doing my best. To trust well. me. Like, dude, I'm half impressed. my brain is, See, is I do this all the time. I'm impressed. You know. Anyway, so, so you know, and it, it's just very, it's so important that people remember that there's nothing, you're gonna, you have nothing to lose by going and talking to the other side. And I think that that's what's missing. I think these, these the Trump supporters are so entrenched, and 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 they they they've been fed this sort of response. You know, it's like Trump supporters, the NRA, the same thing. They just have a line for everything. They deflect and they don't address the question. And you know, the other side does it as well. And it, and and they and we need to just we need to drop all that and actually just start dialoguing and talking and 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 having a conversation and just hang out like even that just just get get to realize that we're all in this for the same reason to make the greatest world and that we can possibly live in you know uh there are some ideals what i don't understand though is when you know you make it okay to dump a bunch of toxic waste into rivers and kill the environment and then whatever protections that are done like you repeal them i don't understand that i just don't understand i think that's that's all these counterproductive things that are happening that i don't understand and that i i i mean i'm happy to go talk to these people Right, and have a conversation with them, but you will never convince me that dumping waste in the river is a good idea, and to trying to you know stay hooked on on fossil fuels is a good idea, and not right. going off and and being a leader in the in the clean energy world, which is where we all need to go. Otherwise, we're dead. I don't know if anybody realizes, but underneath the ice caps in Antarctica, there is a bed on the bottom of the ocean that is being kept cold by the ice, and it's methane. And it's and it's and it's in a solid right now. And if the ocean warms up by two degrees, that methane is going to lose its solidity and bubble up into the atmosphere. There's something like forty thousand trillion metric tons of it. And if it does, it's going to take out our ozone. Like people don't realize, the end of days is that. That's what's waiting for us. So if we don't get, I don't know why the news organizations don't real talk about this at all. Nobody talks about this method. It's there. It's just staring us in the face. It's just no one's, no one's looking at it. 
And that's why the, the, to, to, to keep the temperatures of the oceans at a, at a proper temperature and to keep the temperature of the planet down, we have to get off of fossil fuels. Otherwise, this stuff is going to melt and it's going to bubble up to the surface and there's nothing we can do to stop that. Nothing. And then there won't be any podcast. And to then all to. this Trump stuff and all this business. I mean, you know, we're just little, we're a tiny blue dot spinning in the dark in the middle of nowhere. Literally, like all of us, a tiny, like think of a grain of sand and pink, like turn it blue in your brain, surrounded by darkness. And that is the earth in the middle of space. That's all we have, folks. That's all. And that little dot, like the grain of sand, can just blow away in the wind from here to you know, tomorrow. There could be the sun might, whatever, like just like implode and then we'll be gone. But it's not like the Republicans or the Democrats will be gone and everybody else will be here. It's like we're all, we're all in this together is what I'm saying. And, I, and it just it pains me to, to, to see this, this constant um, refusal to, to talk and this, this, you know, I see it, I, I, you know, after this election, I've never been on so much on comment sections. It's sort of so sad, yeah. you know, the rebuttals oh that my I God. see. Chris, I'm sorry, I have to interject. It's I have to stop so you. terrible. I was just having this conversation with someone today about how I have extremely strict rules about never reading comments. Because if there's anything that can undermine my what little left of the shred of my faith in like humanity is, and like reading just, the just comments well-being. section of anything... <laughs> Just blows that right out the window. So good night, kids. Sleep yeah, yeah, tight. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet dreams. Good, good luck. Uh, good luck. Anyway, I, we digress just a little bit because it's time to play a live song. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back. We'll talk some more about some things. My guest this week on Independence Day, Chris Stills. You can visit him on the internet, chrisstills.com. He's pretty much everywhere under Chris Stills. Although on Facebook and Instagram, it's Chris Stills Music, S-T-I-L-L-S. Uh, YouTube is also just Chris Stills and Chris Stills on Twitter. So you know where to find him. Um, and you should find him. Great music. Uh, great songs, great playing, all the things that you want to hear when it's time to spend that entertainment dollar. And you spend that dollar, you should, I think. People need to get out and buy music, man. I, tell, I feel like, a, like an old man on the lawn. Go buy music. You, well, I, I hear, here's a bullhorn. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> doesn't matter where, doesn't matter why. And well, <laughs> I was, the other thing I was thinking about in that, that conversation we were just having is that when, it, when the time comes for me to start my political rant podcast, you're going to be my first call. Okay. Come on, because then we'll talk uh, no holds barred, because I, I try to limit that amount of stuff on this show, because it's not really the focus of the show. I know, but I, have, I know. People, anyone who knows anything about me knows that I have strong opinions about these things, so we'll save that for well, a, I, I got them too. We're, a different we're, conversation. We're from the same cloth. So, Chris network. Stills, what song have you got for, for us first here? This is the one that jumped out at me when I was listening to the record, the preview copy of the record. Ah, cool. What is this called? Um, well, this is a song, it's called Hellfire Baby Jane. Want to tell me just a wee bit about it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's um, well, it's, it's sort of, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's a song about, I guess this, this was coming out from, from the, me getting back on my feet and getting back out in the world and really like the dating game and and uh and uh you know looking for that looking for that special someone and just thinking of oh god I don't when you're married and you're and you come out of a divorce and you have to get back into the dating game it's like you're like wait 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 what like what am i doing it's been years and years and years since Chris, I had to like do this. So things have changed. No, I know, there, dude. Trust me, I I found Match.com. I, that never worked. I did like it's just I'm, I'm I'm a bit of an old fashioned guy. I can't I can't really deal with that stuff. So anyway, I this this is kind of me meeting like the crazy girls. You know that that's the other thing too. When you come out of marriage, you you kind of you kind of steer towards danger. 
<laughs> the sirens. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, yeah, totally. They have very pretty voices. No, no, they're amazing. I love every single one of them. <laughs> Catholic girls. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Stills is my guest on Independence Day this week. Make sure you drop by indepday.com to hear the, the rest of the content that's on there. There's also a video available of one of these songs, but this is his song, Hellfire Baby Jane on Independence Day.
Very, very nice Chris Stills and his band for this opportunity, for this show. Uh, these guys are kind of part of your regular band? Uh, I play with these, well, they're both Michael and this is Michael Chavez, Michael Chavez. And, and Blair Sinta. Um, both Michael is a Grammy, uh, Grammy Award nom- nominated um, mixer and producer and also a fantastic uh, guitar player and bass player. Uh-huh. And Blair Sinta, he's toured with everybody from uh, Alanis Morissette to... Uh, oh God, I'm I'm spacing. Um, uh, God, she. she uh, anyway, yes, lots of yeah, lots yeah. of people. Yeah, sorry, they get paid to do this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. Anyway, super talented. They, they both played on the record. Yeah, um, not on every song, but on on most of it. And uh, and uh, great band. Yeah, and when I when I'm when I can, I take them with me. And when I when I can't, I go alone. Yeah, and it shows. Because you know, one of the things about this particular show, the Independence Day World Headquarters, is not an expensive soundstage in Burbank or Culver City. You know, I do this out of my spot, right? And I have right. cool neighbors. But I ask everyone, like, hey, you know, kind of tone it down a little bit. Just, just don't do your rockingest thing that you can do. And people accommodate, and I, I feel like that's a benefit. It makes people think about things in a different way. And I always, it's a hallmark of a great band and great musicians when they can easily switch those gears, or at least make it sound like they need, you can easily switch those gears. Because you guys dialed stuff down, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we we just met at my house. I got a drum set in my house. We put some T mats on it. So hey, we got to play about this loud. And yeah. so we just you know, but Blair is amazing, and really Blair is the one who's. You know the one who's got to tone it down the right. most. Uh, so it's the most challenges. Off. Yeah, he's the volume knob and keeping the beat. You know, so yeah. that's uh, that's that's always. You know, I love these drummers who show up in these tiny, tiny clubs. They're <laughs> they're big fat sticks, and they're just hitting yeah. the drums so damn hard. And yeah. like the guitar player's got like an amp that comes up to his chest, and yeah. he's like, and it's just like, okay. It took me years to figure out really yeah. uh, that you know the quieter you are on stage, yep. the better sound you're gonna have out in the, the audience. The older I get, the smaller my amplifier gets. I swear to God, I'm like, I, it's it's funny. I'm like. Somebody should, so, so, you know, I, I always wish somebody would tell me this. So, listen, if there's anybody who's like 20, 19, 18 years old, 17, listen to this, go get yourself a small amplifier because you're not yeah. going to be playing Shea Stadium anytime soon. You're and not, even if you, you are. That even even if you they're were, they're going to drop an SM57 in front right. of it, that's and you're right. going to sound like a million bucks. And you know what? Jimmy Page used a, a, a super champ, like he used a champ, like those things Mike are Campbell like from, from the right. Heartbreakers. That's Same right. exact thing. Little Princetons. I'm going to be playing with that man very soon. Oh, Mike I love Campbell. that guy. I love him give, so give him much. a big kiss on the lips for me because uh, like, well, I'm a, you maybe, know what I mean. I'll metaphorically speaking, five. <laughs> metaphorically speaking, yeah, totally. I, I just, of any player I can think of uh, who knows when not to play. Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's one of the best, and uh, it's it's just well, yeah. So it, it it in a way, it's it's great to come do your show because because we get to it's not every day we get to dial it down like that, and it makes right. you play. It's like you know you you do things differently, you listen to each other differently. You you're you're all of a sudden the song can take on a whole new meaning, right. even you know. With increased complexity <laughs> comes increased complexity. Right? Yeah, yeah, like when, le- less is more. Right. When we used to do this show uh, at more a college. More is more. <laughs> more is always more. When we used to do this show at a college, mm. and those were good days. It was nice to have a space to go. We could make a lot of racket in there, and I did full-on bands, like full volume in this room. And it was great because I love that. I'm a rock and roller. I love feedback. I love all that stuff. But we spent probably, I don't know, 78% of our time screwing around with getting people's headphones right in this room. 
Right. Everyone, you know, we didn't really have everybody's mix, but we had to have a couple mixes, and then this person can't hear that. Then we turn this up, and then that changes 10 other things. And now, I mean, most of our time went to screwing around with that, which really ostensibly has nothing to do with the actual performance itself, right? No. Or the... Well, it will inform it. It will inform it, you know, and it all plays into it. But what I'm saying is, like, for all the things that we were doing and spending time doing, an inordinately large amount of time was spent doing that. When I wish I would have had that time to speak with them or nerd out about well, I mean, you know, that's like you know, that's true. You, you can, you can. There, there is a. You can argue. One can argue that that's that's a necessary evil. You know, get back to the story of ACDC for Back in Black. They spent, I think it was like maybe a month and a half or something in Studio Two at Ocean Way, right. looking for where to put the drums in the room. Oh yeah. Like, well, once that's, you, that's that's like that's like that's like geeking out on sound on steroids, you know. But it's right. like, but but, but at the end, though. you know, I, I feel like I, mean, I, I appreciate. But you the can metaphor. relate it. You can you you can you can. They're metaphor, kissing cousins. Yeah, they're kissing cousins. And yeah. I appreciate I, and I appreciate <laughs> that very much. So look, I'm a big Mutt Lang fan too. Like I was uh, a friend of mine gave me a vinyl copy of uh, Hysteria for right. uh, Christmas this year. And thanks, Jay. It's a, it's in, you know, few records exist like that record unto itself. It's bananas. And there was an article in Tape Op. I don't know if you read Tape Op ever. Uh, it's, like a, it's a magazine for like creative uh, technical people, you know, people who own studios, that kind right, of thing. Right, right. It's a fantastic magazine. It's free, actually. <coughs> free subscription. Cool. But uh, there was an article with the engineer who worked with Mutt Lang on that. Mutt's the producer, for, by and large, even though they're kind of muddy Right, right, right. But this was the engineer, and he talked about all the crazy things they did. And I, you know, I'll read anything about Mutt Lang and how he goes about what he's doing because he's like a Svengali. So, what was the craziest thing? Oh, the fact that the snare drum on "Pour Some Sugar on Me" had six different elements that weren't even an instrument, a musical instrument. Well, like delays and gates. No, and those like are all effects. This stuff. They're not even instruments. Like there was like white noise, and then like a car revving i mean i'm actually white noise was one of them but then there were other things that they would layer into that snare drum just the snare right like five things stacked up each i mean time. well i mean that's that's one of the beauties and sort of it's like a it's like a blessing and a curse of of, of making a record yeah. like you can you can go and and with a razor blade like split hairs and just go in there and yep. And now with, with, with the advent of technology and, and, and the techie side of Pro Tools and the like, you can, you can go in there with a, with a, with a you know, micron tele, microscope or whatever you call yeah, it. electron it, microscope. Electron, thank you. Uh, you know, and then, you know, there's crazy things. But yeah, I've, we've done it. There's, you know, even, even the way people write today. Like, you know, I, I've, I've, I have friends who, who, who write for people like Shakira or Lady Gaga or, and the like, these like big, like big named, like industry standard, you know, top of the field, right. you know, number top ones, tier. top two, you know, top tier people, you know, they have five or six or seven different musicians, producers, uh, writers, that are all in their studios going track after track after track after track after track. And they all, and they marry all that stuff to then send it to one person who's gonna have literally, like, on like any given song by these top tier artists, there's like 500 tracks. And then they mix and match and they do it the way that Mutt Lang did it with the car riffs. 
I just there that's a little over the top, but literally that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah. And that's how these that's how some records are made. Not all records, but that's how some are made. And these records that are, you know, the Katy Perry's and all that stuff of the world, there there's so much. Yeah. Um the, you know, you look at the people who write the songs, there's like five, six man team. Right. Or a woman team. You know what I mean? There's like there's um there's 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 so much going on. But at the end, you know, the end result is the end result. Could you have got there quicker or could you have done the same sound? Like, you know, sometimes to me it's like, you know, you're going around your butt to get your elbow. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just like, wait, I can just sit there and point to it right there. Right, right, like, right. nope, we got to do it the other way. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fa- it, it is fascinating. And right. especially in the old days when they didn't have the advent of all this technology, it's like they were getting those same sounds. Right. And like now it's like, it's like I don't know. I was on a smashing. I was on the horror tour like a long, long time ago, and we were out with the Smashing Pumpkins and the drummer, the original drummer of the Smashing Pumpkins, Chamberlain, right? Jano had left, and he was not there. And then it was I forget who was playing drums, but you know it was like Did Kenny Aronoff do that gig. I for a think while? he did for a while, and um, and I love Kenny, and I love and and but it was like Kenny and a percussionist, and it was like almost two kits, and you know I'm sitting there going like. Man, it's kind of funny. You kind of need like two drummers to make up for that one guy's sound, and uh, and 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 you know, it was kind of like the the going thing about you know, sometimes it takes one and sometimes it takes two. Right. But at the end, you're gonna get there. Music is the ultimate for me, at least, the ultimate tabula rasa. When you're going in the blank slate, when you're going in, whatever your project you want it to be, it can be that. It can be hysteria. It can take six years of Mutt Lang or or Tom Shaw's in a basement, you know, overdubbing, right. inventing guitar amplifiers, new peanut butter sandwich sized yeah. amplifiers, yeah. with which to make your album, and endless overdubs and endless mixes and endless revisions. Uh, I mean, I have something I call the the Sex Pistols Steely Dan continuum, right? Because I, I imagine in my head when as a producer on one side you've got the Sex Pistols where you, like they're just going to go in and play if you're lucky you get a couple mics up and they'll get something down. And then on the other end is Steely Dan, which I guess could be Mutt Lang or could be, it could just as easily be Mutt Lang doing Hysteria or Tom Shaw's doing uh, Boston's third stage record uh, where everything is micromanaged down to the 132nd note, right? Right. Um, but, you know, most stuff kind of falls through the middle. But when I'm working on a project, I mean, I'll, I'll go into the band or my own thing. I'll just be like, okay, this needs to be a little more Sex Pistols. Or a little more, you know, and then of course you can veer off from there because there's derivatives. But like that seems to be kind of like the pendulum where you are in that. See, I have, I have, I have, I were on my first record. I got to work with with one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, Ethan Johns. Oh, I love that guy. And uh, he lineage. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, he learned a lot from his dad, and uh, but you know, we, I, I love this thing where. He would, excuse me. He would, he would, he would get it right uh, when the when it went down to tape. Like there was no, there was very, you know, it, it was already sounding like a record when when we listened to the playback of what right. we just recorded. I've read that about him, and and it's and it, and that comes from this art that's kind of that 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 you know like the the, the Al Schmitz of the world, and then like, like it's the engineering side, and I and I love I love playing. I love players. I love the human element in music uh you know there's this whole 
there's always that 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 age old debate that these days where you know oh let's let screw it let's not play on a click let's just do it and so it feels organic if you listen to Stones record they weren't playing to a click and the tempos vary but they vary greatly like in fact you know I I, I case in point there's this um um I, I I the Bee Gees song how can you mend a broken heart the chorus in that song like literally drops three clicks it's the craziest thing like and you know it's so recently i just sang that song on the movie i tanya um with uh i worked with this guy mark batson um mark batson he produced dre and he produced eminem and he's like this like he's uh, um can you say <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's a badass okay he's just like <laughs> He's just a bad. Killing me. I love. Like, I love that you like went off mic for just a second, like as if they can't hear you. From yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Can I say I, ask? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that guy and 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 he was like, he was like, no, no, no. We have to map this out, and I'm gonna map out the click because all those drops in tempo are like what makes the girls lose their lose their lose their business. Stuff. Business, yeah. And 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 I'm like, yeah, no, 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 agreed, you know. And and then, but then playing to it, like, that's the weirdest we, thing. We, so we played to a click that wasn't a click. It was right. just like it was just to remimic that 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 change in tempo. Yeah, because when it goes, how can you make this broken? Heart? You know, right, it's right, just right. like, oh my god, like. And when it happens, and if you kept it in tempo. It would never be. It would never work. It would. It would just be like, ugh. you know. It'd be like, oh yeah, that's cute. But it kills me. It kills me. Forgive me for interrupting, but it kills me that that's the way. And I, I not that I don't know this, but that's the way that that's done a lot of times now. Is that like we know how this works, the formula so well that we know when things need to push and when things need to pull. That you can. I mean, someday a robot will do it. Someday. Uh, you no, can, sorry, I you, totally disagree. Right, hold on. They can try. Let's set that aside. They can try. Well, we can come back and yeah, argue yeah, about totally. that later. Uh, it's that we know when things need to push and pull so well that they program in. It's like they, they imitate the feel so that then the musicians follow that imitation. No, the musicians need to lead. Well, that's what I'm saying. They need to, like, that's the thing. That's what I'm getting back to. Like, you need to lead. And, and, and you know, we, we, we did it a few times with, the, with, with, you know, with that track. And then eventually you got to kind of like just forget it. And then it happens, happened all very quickly. We did it so fast. Like just like don't think, just do it, and and I'm like okay, and you know it's coming, and so you kind of do it, but it all worked out, but but when when the click's not there, and you're not sort of leaning on this technological side, and you're leaning on the human element, and you're leaning on your guts and your heart and your ears, and you're listening to everybody, and like that communication, it comes comes through. It it yeah. bleeds into every track on the record. Yeah. Every note that every musician plays together, not listening to anything but themselves and their instruments, is far superior to any machine to me. It's just it it will always feel better to me. Yeah, and I and that's what I get off. And that's that's where I'm. That's where I'm like, oh my god, um, you know. And there are musicians who do who sound like machines. They're so good. They're like they have perfect time. They have perfect pitch. It's a little scary sometimes. Yeah. You're like, I want to give up and never play music again because you make me feel that way. <laughs> You're amazing, but thanks a lot. Uh, but but you know, I 
that's the way I like to make records. I like to to get a bunch of guys or people and girls or whoever's playing into a room and and I want to I want to recreate basically what we're going to do live on stage for you. Yeah. Add a couple Hammond things if you need to. Call Benmont. There are these great. The there's this great thing called overdubs, right? Yep. But at the core of it, there's a there's a rhythm section, and that's gonna drive everything, you know. And as long as that's there, you can build upon that. Yeah. But the ideal, really, and I did it once with Ethan a long time ago with the Ryan Adams session that we did, and he had the whole band, like all the the background singers, the the percussion, that to get every. It was like I don't want to do overdubs. We're gonna do this in a day. God, how, how to make a record in a week? Get yeah. everybody in the room together. Nobody wants to do that because there's this little nightmare thing called engineering that you're going to have to pay somebody to do that. And that's going to require somebody with great talent to do that. And thank right. God, Ethan, it, he has that talent. But not, right. many, not many people can do that. I wish we could do that without making that a thing, right? Because I've had other people. There's a guy named Sam Morrow. Who what I do you really mean making it a thing? Like, well, I'm, I'm explaining. Hold on. Is that... What uh, are you talking about? What? what, 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 what? <laughs> what? No, there's uh, a guy named Sam Morrow who we had on the show last year. Right. Great young songwriter. Uh, vaguely all country-ish. He's got a brand new record coming out. I'm hoping to bring him back to talk a little bit about his, his new record. I'll check uh, him out. And he went... You know, and there's other people that have been on this show too and friends of mine that go into the studio and do things live. But then it becomes... It almost becomes like, well, we're going to do this live. And, they, and it becomes this thing. And although I agree with it, I wish that was just the way rather than a way that you had to do by intent. You see the difference? I mean... Maybe it doesn't make a difference on the, in the end thing, but to do I, that I think now, be, in 2018, now we have to plan ahead more to do it that way than we would have had to have done... You know, the 40 years ago, that was just... That was the only way. Right. 30 years ago, oh, God, it was the dumb. way it was still being done. 20 years ago, it was maybe 50-50. I don't know. 10 years ago, it was a challenge to do that. And then came and, the Lynn drum machine. And, well, and then came the Pro Tools and Pro Tools <laughs> yeah. accessories, and here we are. Oh my All right, God. I'm going to stop you right there because I want to hear some more live music. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm okay, having yeah. a great time talking oh, yeah, that's to you. right. That's why we're here. We're here to talk, right? <laughs> uh, I'm having a great time. This is so much fun for me. Uh, Chris Stills is my guest on Independence Day this week, indepday.com, chrisstills.com if you want to check, check out what he's doing. He's got a brand new record. It's called Don't Be Afraid. And uh, what's this next tune going to be? I think uh, this one's queued up. Lonely Nights, right? Lonely Nights, that's it. And this is about... Uh, this is about being economic, lonely. Socioeconomic theory? No, no. You know what? It's funny. I, uh, I Really kind of the impetus of this, you know, you know, sometimes you write a song, you, you, you need that first line to go and, and, and it leads to the rest. It's like you just need that that one thing to go. Oh yeah, and then it leads to the next, and then you're like, oh yeah, and right, then, right, right. and then uh, you, you know, and then. The, but the first idea, really, uh, it is. I imagined myself on the playground. I was just. I had this thing. I was saying lonely nights, you know, and I was like, okay, well, what the hell is a lonely night about? Like, what am I, some poor guy like watching porn at home and like can't get it, can't go out and meet a real girl? Like, you know what I mean? I was like. Uh, doing that in my brain, and then I was like, "No, what, what, what? Why is there lonely nights, and where does this all stem from, and where does that feeling? Where did I feel that feeling first? Where did I get that feeling of like, I like, I want to meet somebody. I want to, like, how do Share I meet the somebody? How do I meet somebody? And then I thought of the playground when I was a kid, 
And I remember there were these boys who were always playing with the girls, and I wanted to play with the girls, but I was too shy. I was like shy and afraid, and like this fear, and like I'm not good enough, and I'm not damn it, but damn it, I'm good enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but you know that that time, and then you know the song kind of opens up with that line, and and then 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 I because I remember this time as a kid, and then this 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 girl, wherever however old I was, I was you know. I don't know, five years, six, seven, I don't know. And I remember and I remember this girl coming up and saying, Hey, do you want to come play with me? And I was like, Well, damn, yeah. And then I realized, wow, you don't, yeah. you don't really know what's gonna happen until you play the game, do you? So you gotta get out there and do it. And then and then sort of the rest of the song is talks about, well, and how do I do that? Well, I'm gonna play music. That's gonna work. And that's kind of pretty much what the song's about. And and then you know, the chorus is kind of, you know, it ain't got to be a lonely night. Come dance with me, baby, and it'll be all right, you know? Elegant simplicity, one of my favorite things about hey. songwriting. Some people are geniuses at it. John Prine, by the way, has a new record coming out, talking oh, about the master, oh, the master of elegant simplicity. Love His songs are both six inches deep and yeah, ten miles wide. Yeah, about and somebody who makes me want to give up. <laughs> ten miles deep and six inches wide. Yeah, he makes us all want to give up, Chris. Yeah, okay, yeah, totally. My guest this week on Independence Day, so happy to bring you Chris Stills. This is the song Lonely Nights. Watch the girls at play All their silly games Always being saved By Lancelot the Brave What's a boy to do Until I come and play these games with again my unexpected friend asking me to be the one she wants to win take my hand and see what it's like to play these games with me it ain't gotta be Another lonely night Come dance with my baby It'll be alright They gotta be Another lonely night Come dance with my baby It'll be About a quarter to ten Right round when All the lovely little ladies Are gathering around again Well I know just what to do Gonna do my thing Gonna play a little song for you Yeah Ain't gotta be Another love Oh, 
My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Thank you ever so much for doing so. Bring you lots of lots of musicians from around the country and around the world. This week's guest qualifies on both counts. Chris Stills, born in the United States, raised partly in France, but he lives here in the United States now. L.A. area these days? Yes. But you've got a place. You say you have a place in in, in France. In Paris, yes. Uh, so very very lucky. Let's speak a little. We talked about about like culture shock or 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 having a different perspective now in 2018 through the prism of like the problems that America is experiencing in terms of nationalism. Some people wouldn't call them problems. But talk to me about that when you were a kid, right? Because you, you were how old when you went to France? Five or so? I mean, I've bounced back and forth my whole life. Okay. I, but, my, you, but you lived there at one point. Like you, there was a point at which you moved there. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was, I went there in junior high. and I, went, I, okay, so, I was living there from junior high to high school. Okay. Through, through high school. And then, so what was it that made you to, de- like, what specific thing made you decide to come back to the States? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, well, I mean, that's, I, I needed to do rock and roll, didn't okay. I? That was like, I, I, it's funny. I grew up, I went to high school in France. And so I was, I was sort of subjected to, or I was, I was amongst, the French genre and the French music and the and and there was always American music, obviously, which always uh, traditionally has been the most popular. Um, but but and the but, Brits, well, the Brits, no, but I but I was in France. France is you can get lost in France, Paris. You know, I mean, it's a great thing. Paris is lovely. Um, and uh, you know, there's this line in this movie with Harrison Ford and. This other girl, I forget her name, but but there's this line, and it says, you know, Paris is so wonderful when you're when you're happy, Paris is happy with you, and when you're sad, all of Paris is sad with you, and I, and and I think that's absolutely true. Um, uh, there's a lot of disgruntled Parisians in there as well. Uh, that's kind of a nightmare, but uh, you know, the, the, then you have the Frenchies who say, you know, Paris would be so wonderful without the Parisians. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. There's in America that I feel I very much the same way about. I digress. But no, I, I, it was time for me to go back. Basically, I graduated from high school, and there was a drummer that I played with who had left a couple years prior, who had graduated, and was in New York. And, and then, uh, you know, my friend Adam Cohen was in New York, and, and who I'd gone to high school with in Paris. And, and I, was, I wasn't going to college. <laughs> You know why not? Uh, well, not really high on the agenda for my parents for me to like actually ground down and go to college. This was not. I was never really pushed. Uh, so you know, I was the teenage kid. I was I was starting to write songs and I was in a band in high school and I was making music. Man, I was gonna go like go make my dreams come true in New York. So I went to New York and that was it. And it was the greatest time of my life because I was not with either of my parents. I was nowhere near them. I was in New York. I was in the middle, so I was like, you know, three hours away from, you know, five-hour flight from, from L.A. to New York, and then a, you know, six, seven-hour flight from New York to Paris. It was fantastic, yeah. and 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 alone in the world. You know, as you get these kids at some point, you know, when they when you get to a certain age, you just you just need independence. It's like this: I need to be. I'm going through it right now with with my with my oldest daughter, to be honest. 
And I want to give it to her so bad. She's like, right. Daddy, I want to go to the park and just listen to my tunes by myself. And I'm like, no, we live in Los Angeles. It's not going to happen. You're 12, right. you're 12 years old. It's not going to happen. Right. And I love you, and we'll go somewhere else, and I'll let you do it. And it's yeah. because I love you. Yeah, I'm so, not yeah you well, do you know, and, I, and you know, she's cool. She gets it. But I mean, there's this thing. So I went and did that. That's what I did. I went and found my independence. I, you know, had a little money saved up, and and I went. I was like, hey man, I'm gonna come visit for like two weeks, and you know, it'll be fine. We'll like do a gig or two, and then I ended up staying a year and a half, and and we were in a band together, and then Adam and I were in the Stills Cohen band. It was like pretty funny. And uh, I mean, it was a great band. Uh, with you know, we all lived in one apartment, like eight, like six guys in one one right. loft in New York, and like twenty eighth and seventh. And I lived at ninth and forty ninth for a year. Worked at Manny's Music. Not ah, oh, no, love Manny's Music. And nice, long gone, sadly. Wait, really? Sold out. Sold out. When? Uh, I haven't been there in a while, but wait, Manny's. Wait, wait. I don't it's think gone? it's there anymore. As far, as far as I know, it's gone. I mean, you're probably right. I, I'm I'm terrible at these. But things. it was great because I worked. I lived on. I lived in Hell's Kitchen, and I, I lived would, in Hell's Kitchen would, for a minute too. I would walk like the two blocks every day. I would literally walk home for lunch because I was right. Like my uh, work was at 48th. What's man? 48th and 7th, basically Times Square, and then I was at uh, I was at 9th and 49th. So I would just walk like from 7th, 8th, 9th, and then up one short block, and that was right. my place. So I'd oh, like, make, home, make a sandwich, listen so to easy. WFUV, my favorite radio station Yo. in uh, New York, and I would scoot back to uh, Manny's. Uh, I like New York. New York is such an interesting thing. I but I want, But rewind just a little bit, though. Set the scene of playing in a band, a French rock band. Oh, no, no, no. We weren't French. No, 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 no. I'm rewinding here. Oh, right, right. Okay. In high school. Go back just a little bit. Yeah. You said you were playing in a, like a rock band. So are you playing like Aerosmith covers okay, so, and singing so, in French? Or so, you... yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. There were no French songs. I went to a school called the American School of Paris. Ah, uh, okay. So that clarifies things quite a bit. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. There, now, granted, this school was like kind of like the UN. There were kids from all, right, right, right. all nationalities, which right. was great. I knew you, you, you got to, I had, you know, some of my greatest friends were yeah. from the Middle East. Right. And you go over to their house and like that was a whole thing and like the culture. We got, you know, that was one of the greatest things about living over there, and especially going to that school. You're exposed to so much more culture, you know. Even right. if you're not, you know, even the even the fact that you're in Paris, you're in a school that that is diverse with with so much. You know, you had the you had the African element, you had the Swedish element, you know, the Nordic element, you had the Middle Eastern element. Right. You know, guys from Saudi Arabia, Lebanon. You know, like you know, uh, Libya. You know, all these different. You know, Turkey. Uh, and then you, and then you had uh, the the Europeans. You had the Germans. You had you had the Spanish kids, and then you had Japanese kid. You had like you know, you had uh, there were no Australians, but there were um, South Africans, and there were like you know African kids, and it was just there. Were, it was all there, and if you were able, I was growing up in that environment. I was the kid who was friends with everyone. I. There, there was there were the clicks. There's always the clicks, you know. There was like there's a so I was part of the baseball team, you know. The, right. Disney just showed up, Euro Disney, and like we had a, a slew of kids from Florida come, right? And that year our baseball team won the championship, and uh, or no, we didn't win. Um, we came in second. We went to the to the championship, but we played this. Did you in, lose to the Japanese because they're pretty? No, good at we went. Too. We 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 played actually. We went. And funnily enough, this is also the other great thing about living in Europe. I was on a baseball team. I was playing a championship in Cairo, Egypt. 
I mean, I was I would go to I would go to a choir trip to Morocco. I would go and play. I was playing rugby. I would go travel Europe. There was this. There were all these other international schools, and we would travel to one another. And they would come to us. Sometimes we would go to them. And when we went to them, we'd go to London. I'd go to Brussels. I'd go to Vienna. I'd go to Germany, Berlin, uh, Frankfurt. Uh, See, you know, like like my it was just Chris was almost like yours. I would go to Indianapolis, and I would go to St. Louis, yeah. and I would go to Min- <laughs> uh, and I would I go know, to Detroit. I, I know. And maybe I know. if I was lucky, we'd go to Denver. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> But, but but so I, I was able to see, you know, you learn about stupid things. It was always down to food, too. Like, yeah. it was always down to sauerkraut and, you know, grape leaves in Morocco and, you know, couscous and, like, French cu- cooking and, and the Brits and, like, you know, Brussels. You'd learn about beer and you just, you know, a ton of beer. And, and then, you know, you'd just, you'd see the world and you'd get these different vibes and, like, these... Like the Middle Easterners, they just had they had a certain character to them, and that character really comes from their country, right? And that character is recognizable, and and you know, whether it's Iranian or any of any of those countries, they're just a vibe. the The Swedes, the Nordics, you know, Denmark, Sweden, Copenhagen, all those people. There is a mentality. There's a vibe that comes with all of them. It's been handed down to them for generations, and so I was just fascinated by this. I went and was friends with absolutely everyone. I've I'd always traveled with my parents. You know, we've been to different exotic places. We'd, I'd traveled across the country of America and through France. But going and doing these trips it was so beneficial. I think it's just you know all these kids who go over and do the Euro Pass and travel Europe. Such a great idea. You know, go do a year abroad. I feel it should be compulsory. I think it should be mandatory. That's the same word. That's what I, I'm I think it should be mandatory. It, it should be... No, mandatory. Let's <laughs> <laughs> arm wrestle. Yeah. Uh, it should be compulsory that that people have... I feel like two things should be compulsory. You should have to work a service job. In other words, like you should be a waiter, a waitress, bartender, something like that. Yeah, for yeah. like even four months would change your perspective it, like you just, wouldn't believe. It so helps. It helps. And you should have to go to a foreign country for four to six months. I am of the opinion. I mean, that two weeks will change. Your two life. weeks, tw- twenty minutes for two. God's sakes. It's literally uh, that cool. Yeah, no, and people, then you'll go and you know you go over there and you you actually see how old the world really is. Yeah, I mean, you look in a buildings like that are like five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred years old. Oh yeah, it's like what 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 is America? Three hundred years old? What is it? How old are we? Uh, two hundred and two hundred something. Okay, so two two hundred. That's it. Well, the bicentennial was seven nineteen seventy six. So we're okay. So yeah, we're two hundred something. That's definitely it. So no, because I'm confused because it was the tricentennial of the town of New Orleans the other day, mm. but New Orleans was here before America yeah, yeah, yeah. was America. So anyway, so that was that's uh, that happened the other day. By the way, uh, so congratulations, New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, I love New Orleans. Love you I guys. Do too. Love you guys. That is now that's a town. That's a town you can go and find little influences from Europe, and and that is a very diverse city. I yeah. love that town and 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 you know the Creole part and the Haitian bit and the and mixed with like the European thing and right you know I mean that's uh, but but growing up over there that was that was it but I went to an American school and to get back to the band I was in you know drummer was from New York although I did have a Swedish uh Swedish French uh guitar player and uh no wait what am I talking about he lives there now I think he he was Italian, Italian American guitar player, 
uh, and uh, and a Canadian Canadian guy was in the band, and you know, and that there was another one where there was there was a Swedish guitar player, Magnus and um, Magnus Wettel. That was my first band. And we had a we had a Norwegian drummer, and like we I was in middle school playing high school parties. Like, if you ever thought there was anything that was going to keep me from being in this business <laughs> at right. that point, right, right, right. Like all of a sudden, I was going to high school parties, and there was tons of drinking because the drinking age was sixteen years old, and I mean, the fun we had was just right. unbelievable. Well, and, they manage that better there. But I'll never forget the first. I'm sorry, I have to tell just a short story. The first time, you know, growing up right in Chicago, suburban Chicago, uh, agrarian, you know, uh, 30 miles outside the city, we had we had like Chicago, close enough to get Chicago TV, radio, cultural influences, right? So we had that. Chicago is a first world city, international city, international airport, busiest one in the in the world sometimes, or busiest, busiest one in America sometimes, and but. Small town where I grew up, mm. you know, one high school. I knew every kid by name in my high school. Right. And we all came from the same place. Uh, How many kids were in your high school? Back then, it's changed quite a bit. Back yeah, yeah. then, 800. Yeah, see, there were 300 kids in my high school. Yeah, very different experience. Yeah, I totally. dated a girl once who went through the same... She went to like a private school. Like I have no idea what these kids who go to high school and there's like 2,000 kids. She had like 15 classmates from kindergarten through high school. That's, the same 15 uh, people. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's just what it is. Uh, I learned along the way that I, I wanted my world to be as big as I could make it, right? Mm. It started off, you know, I, coming where I came from, it's like a microcosm, and everybody's right. world gets a little bigger. Like, you know, you graduate from... Well, when I, when I was a kid, you didn't graduate from middle school. You just finished the eighth grade, and then you went to high school, right? right. There was no, right. like, it wasn't graduation. Uh, go to high school, and then you graduate. Literally, you know, so the gown and the thing and the tossing of the, the mortar... And some like I I don't know I, I'm I'm the oldest of a bunch of kids and like I, I was I was kind of not closed off but in this microcosm and then as I got into college and started meeting people from different places I wanted that world to be as big as possible and then I turned around and faced out right mm -hmm. and then I would go to the moon if I could mm -hmm. I would go to Jupiter if I could I want that world to be as big as I can possibly make it and it's it's changed my it changed my outlook drastically from the way I was when I was a kid to have had the experiences that you've had just to get to talk to you about these experiences is is enlightening for people no I love, you me. know I, I think look that's and I, it's it's true it's true that's the whole point the whole point of this life like is to be as enlightened as you can yeah I mean, it's like it's funny. Just just to just to segue out of that for two seconds about enlightenment. I, I one of the uh, I was having dinner with Leonard Cohen one night because um, we have a common friend. I was a friend, yeah. With with I was, I was friends with Adam. Not other than Adam, it, we have a common oh, friend. Okay, and we'll go on. Anyway, so I was having dinner with with him and uh, and uh, Adam and my friend Reza. We all went to high school together, and this is when we were in New York and. And in our band together, and and when Leonard would come to town, we would, he would always stay at at a certain hotel, and uh, and uh, and at the Waldorf Astoria, we would go down and we'd get a private room and do like he it was always Shabbat dinner and uh, something like that. And then, uh, 
But then we asked him one day, we said, uh, you know, what's, what's, what's enlightenment like, you know, because if, if people don't know this about Leonard Cohen, he was, he was very heavily, uh, uh, dedicated to, uh, uh, Buddhism and, and, uh, meditation and to the point where he would go to Mount Balti and he had a teacher and he was just, he was a hundred percent dedicated. Uh, and, and so, you know, he, he had reached enlightenment at this point. Uh, a few times, and um, and so we asked him. We said, "What was it like?" And and he and he said in his voice, he just you would have a low voice like this. And he's Leonard Cohen, man, <laughs> like the crooniest, like like the the just he could just, give you directions to Seven Eleven. I mean, you'd like just be like, "Yeah, man." I mean, this guy was the. I think he is probably one of the coolest individuals I have ever met in my entire life, and probably ever will. But anyway, we. We, uh, I asked him, we, I asked him, I said, well, what's enlightenment like? And he said, he goes, imagine yourself in the deepest sleep where you're the most comfortable, but you're still awake somewhere in between awareness and subconscious. And you're just absolutely, completely relaxed. And he's like, I got the voice. And he's like doing this. And, and, and we're just, and, and we're all just riveted. We're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, and then imagine yourself. Imagine the floor underneath you dropping out and you're dropped suddenly in ice cold water. And we're like, whoa, like, wow, that's going to be. And imagine the feeling of, expanded for hours and we're just like oh wow <laughs> yeah it's just like wow that's heavy and uh anyway so that was my little leonard cohen enlightenment story of what it feels like to be enlightened to reach enlightenment so it's like the, the it's like the it's like the expanding universe mm -hmm. it never stops it's yeah. like you take a breath in that never stops over hours and hours and what do you say next when Leonard Cohen, yeah, that, I think yeah. I, I think I, I can I get an I think order I, went, I think I ordered something. I was going to gonna say, can I get an order of sherbet for the table? That's right. Yeah, it was like I think hopefully I think the the, the waiter came. Is like, can can you get your dessert? And you're like, yes. Y'all yeah. got the rainbow. We got yeah, tiramisu. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Love tiramisu. Yeah. How about another live song? Oh, yeah, got, let's got, do it. Yeah, got yeah another totally. one. Like, this let's is fun, it. man. I'm having such a good time talking to you. Oh, it's cool. Uh, yeah. Likewise. What's up next? I think it's Blame Game. Blame Game. This is a song that is born from the. From this man that is now our president, uh, you know, for better or for worse, uh, he, uh, you know, I'd, 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 I'd been watching the rhetoric grow and the sort of subterranean, uh, dark, shadowy shadow world come out into the light. And what I'm really talking about is this, is, is, is this like, you know, the KKK all of a sudden was sort of like rubbing yeah. elbows with the guy and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, and this, this misogyny and this, this, this bigotry and this guy, you know, let me grab you by the, by the whatever, you know, and I'm like, oh, that, and you know, and I just remember thinking, oh God, thank God he said that, you know, because now he's, it's, do it's, he's done. And, you know, and then it's somehow he's like the freaking little engine that could. He's just like, nope, just keeps going. He's like a freaking energizer bunny, this guy. 
it just won't stop. It's just like I I can't. And then this 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 subterranean I was gonna say crap like the- was like coming, being blo- bubbling up to the surface. And I'm like, what is happening? How is this possible? And 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 I'm like, how is this possible? And you know what? I'm blaming on you. And I was like, I was like, it just the line came, and I was like, I want I blame the Trump supporters. And I blame us because we let him get there, and we didn't. And we were we were caught sleeping at the wheel. I mean, we were just no one saw it coming. No one had anything better. We had Hillary in in the in the mix, and man, I tell you, I've never I've never quite understood how a woman could be hated that much by so many people. Like it's just kind of crazy. So much better than the alternative, and yet still, like it was enough. Like the Bernie supporters, it was, it was, it was, we were in such a divide and conquer era. You know, it's like we're being split apart. There's division everywhere. No one's talking to each other. It's crazy. Anyway, so this is like in the beginning, I wanted to blame the Trumpies to, 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 you know, but then I blame us too. I blame everybody. Anyway, this is Blame Game. All right. Chris Dills is my guest this week. The song is Blame Game on Independence Day. Lick my wounds today, baby. You leave me with nothing to lose. 
More great music. Chris Stills is my guest on Independence Day this week, man. Good stuff, man. I love listening to your band do what you do. Thank you. I love it. It's so much fun to have. I love every artist that comes in here for, for different reasons. Just like I love, like people ask me what your favorite color is. Like, well, I don't know. It's hard to say. Right. I like Red Barns. I like, uh, you know, green guitar amplifiers. I like sparkly drums. You know what I that like, means, right? What does it mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it means I'm enlightened? Or maybe <laughs> exactly. just a little bit? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Like, my big gloves. Well, yeah. if you were enlightened, you'd realize that it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd be, at the, we'd be at the pub right now, and the floor would have fallen away, and we'd be kind of floating that in the That doesn't ether. mean anything either. <laughs> uh, the one thing I want to address, it's, it's like the elephant in the room. We don't need to name names, but you come from talented stock, very talented stock, mm-hmm. recognized and talented stock. Yeah, my parents were musicians. Your parents were musicians. Yeah. Uh, but it's that talent. See, and that's the difference. I mean, I've known people who were you know, multi-generations of doing any particular thing. It could be carpentry. It could be map making or cartography. It could be anything, right? So you carry this mantle of like the family business, right? What did you do or did you have to do anything to establish yourself doing your own thing? I mean, I'm still establishing myself and okay. doing my own thing. That, that'll never end. I mean, I guess everyone that'll has to do that. That'll never end, exactly. I mean, whether my parents do what they do or not, that in itself is the game. Yeah. Yeah. Did it, I mean, it must have opened some doors. But I guess anybody's parents doing in the family business opens doors. I, I, would, I would hate to think that, that my music was being worked with just because of my parents. Right. I think that, like, I'd like to think that my music speaks for itself. And my work, my work, not theirs, right. uh, speaks for itself. I would say it does, having listened to what you do. Like, here's an example. Where I come from, I'll even name the names in this particular case. It was uh, Getty, uh, the Getty and Sons, G-E-T-T-E, mm-hmm. uh, and they did carpentry and uh, concrete. They poured our driveway. Like, they were like the local company that did this, and it was like three generations of it. And there's a guy here in Pasadena that I get firewood from. It's three generations of Marty. Mm. Marty and I won't mention the last name. Uh, great people, and it's like I've met them all three, and it's fascinating to me. Like I don't, I, I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is that for me, it's a very different thing because I'm the black sheep. My mom sang in church choir, but that was kind of the extent of it, right? Like when I decided to go do my thing, uh, like I never had the opportunity to sing with my mother really, mm. or to sing with my father. My father like sings around the house, but like I joke, he doesn't know the words to any song ever. Like I mean, you can think of like the most. He could sing the most popular Stevie Wonder song that's ever been written, and he would somehow make up his own words. And that's cool. It's his own thing. Music is what it should be for each person. But I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm, having talked to you for the past you know, hour or so, uh, I can attest to the fact that what you're doing, you don't need validation from me or anyone else. But for, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But 
what you do holds up and it's good. No, thanks, man. It's good stuff. And, and, I, and I'm so thankful that you took time out of your day to come in here to our studio and share what you do. I'm, I'm grateful that you had me. With I'm our like, listeners. Hey, I, um, I need to get my music out there. This is like, you know, this is how you do it. This is an opportunity for me, you know. It's okay. uh, and it's, it's great. Because it's one of my favorite things to do is to talk to musicians about how they do what they do. So thank you for that, man. Oh, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. So, Chris, one more song. Right, we've got great. all this stuff set up. Amplifiers are humming and buzzing, uh, which is a great. You know what I love? I love the smell of a tube amplifier. This sounds like a really weird thing, but like when you've been in a band rehearsal, like no one else knows this except people who play old amps. Mm. The room gets hot, and it's not just like dude smell, right? <laughs> Nasty. No, dude no, smell. no. Like the amps heat up. Doesn't smell like the rock, locker room either. No and band the, gay. The Tolex heats up, <laughs> and the glue heats up, and those tubes heat up, and yeah, nothing totally. in the world smells like that. So we've got all this stuff's ready to rock. What is this last song going to be? Uh, this last song is is a song. Um, it's called "This Summer Love." Yeah, I I actually I wrote it while I was on Ibiza. I'd uh, I'd just come from uh, just I just actually come from my divorce during my during our marriage. We never went. It's, you know, so Ibiza, just for the story, I was a place that I'd gone since I was about ten years old with my mom's side of the family for summer vacations. This was our spot, you know. Uh, in 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 Europe, you get weeks right. weeks off. We go to Florida, so right, right. But 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 in America, you get two weeks off a year. Like in in in, in Europe, you get like a month. So we would spend a month in 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 Ibiza, and that was sort of where I grew up, learning about learning how to, learning about girls, learning about all this stuff. And and uh, anyway, so I'd finally gone back to Ibiza, and I and and this song came up, and and I'd just come out of my divorce, and I was sort of writing about the the idea of, of of meeting a girl, you know, and then of finding that one, and you're like, yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this girl that I'm meeting, like in Ibiza that I remember from before, or who I met, and I got her number, and I'm, and and we're both on the island, you know, we're we're both we're both kind of there, but of course, in writing, you got to find a different way to say things, and like there was some Spanish names for roads, but California Highway 101 just sounded way better so uh you know imagine yourself uh in a convertible driving up the coast you maybe it's the amalfi coast maybe it's you know the california coast uh but you're in an old mg top down and your sweetheart is sitting next to you with a long scarf fluttering in the wind behind you and you're just flying down the road going to your vacation spot like totally digging it and having a great time and this is summer this summer love Excellent scene setting, my friend. Good work. Good work. All right, this is Chris Stills. The song is Summer Love on Independence Day. Not that long ago Came into this town A tired lonesome under the cowboy Listen to me now Singing songs of love All because I was struck by lightning It's been a long, long time It's not everything goes my way Now I'm thinking diamond rings her face glistening in the sun. Like 
Holding on to this summer love Hanging on to this world mm -hmm. Hanging on to this summer love Hang on cause I got one mm -hmm. Now it's time to go Time to make my move Take my courage by the hand Talk to her and make her understand All I want is you I can feel it in my bones California Highway 1 With the top down is calling out to us Before I let things unravel Hanging on to this summer love Hanging on to this world oh, Hanging on to this summer love Hang on cause I got one By lightning, never seem quite so enticing. Oh, here if you want. Can you hear me got some stuff coming up you got some shows coming up uh you're gonna be here you're over in europe you're back in the states the record's available people should pick it up amazon.com music stores uh, independent music stores and shows the best place to get these things and then are you going to be touring for the through the summer i would uh we uh, yes we are going to be doing a little thing in la rochelle um for the francophilies uh that's in france um and uh <laughs> not indiana yeah no although there's nothing wrong with indiana no, it's just, just 
it's uh anyway but yeah we're we're we're, we're i'm gonna be bouncing around quite a bit um you know, I got I got a website. You know, if you ever want to know where I'm playing, I crystals. You know, we do with crystals.com, but we also do the bands in town. Uh, we do you know the Facebook and you know the Twitter, and we usually we usually try and fan it out over the social media different avenues of of that. And uh, and uh, yeah, can't wait to come play wherever you are, and hopefully make it to a show, and we'll have a great time. People ask me where I play, and I'll say for anyone who will have me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell people. So, and I imagine you're the same way. That's what we do as professional musicians. That's we don't, right. Sometimes That's we don't have right. the luxury of choosing these things. We go out and play for anyone who will listen. Love that kind of thing. Man, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank Please you. stay in touch. Thank uh, you. Let's go grab a pint sometime. We can talk about all this other political podcast stuff that we didn't get a chance to get to, even though we touched on it a little bit. Uh, good luck with the new record. Uh, be well. Take care of those girls. And... Uh, We'll get out of this. Our country will get out of this. I promise. Yeah, Somehow. no, no. We're gonna I'm be okay. Sure. We're gonna be okay. I know a hundred, a hundred percent. We're gonna be okay. The checks and balances will work. The president cannot do whatever he wants. Um, you know, it, 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 we're we're gonna be okay. And if anything, it's a blessing that Trump came along because we were able to see exactly where we were. I think I think all this stuff that bubbled up, we needed to see it. It's a good and, gut and, check. And, and it was, yeah, we got checked. We got checked. We're not. You know, I think we were living under the false pretense. You know, for we we were not. You know, we we were just kind of a little of a little delusional. You know, like yeah. as to think how great we were. You know, we needed a little reality check. Yeah, and I think that's what Trump is bringing us. All right, you know, a little reality check. But Chris, anyway. you're coming back for the political podcast. I'm Mark. You, okay. you mark my words. Okay, so thank you to Chris Stills and to his band Michael Chavez and Blair Sinta. Also to the Independence Day staff: Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The blithesome Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Thanks, Loke. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Mint Society. Be sure to check them out for Independence Day. As always, I am Joe Armstrong. If you do anything this week, please be good to one another. <laughs>